what I'm not asking you to do is pray for me every day. What I am asking you to do is pray for me every time God brings us to your mind. And if this is on your refrigerator, uh, you got at least three shots a day at uh, praying for us. So that's, that's my plug there. Um, I want to introduce my mom and dad. They came, uh, Bob and Judy Gandy, also known as Me, Mom, Papa. So you can call them Bob or Judy or Me, Mom, Papa. Um, and then just various other friends of mine. Uh, there's uh, Tom and Kathy, their son. I took him, uh, almost got him wedded off in India um, back in 2014. That was actually the trip where God confirmed that this is what he wanted me to do with the rest of my life. Um, and then uh, some of my dear Indian friends, you're, you're Indian, okay? Adina, you're, 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 you are like me. Uh, they, they say that I'm, I have uh, white skin but a brown heart. Uh, that's the same thing with you, Adina and Joshua. So thank you all for being here. Um, let's pray and we'll get into the word. Lord, thank you for your word. And we thank you for what we can glean from your word and learn and grow and get to know about you. Lord, would you feed us from your table today? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, how late do I, am I able to go? Not that, no, I, I, should re- <clears throat> I should rephrase that. I'm able to go a long, long time. Uh, how, how long before you cut off my support? For 5 p.m.? Okay, we'll, we'll be done at least by 5. Open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus 14. And we're going to start in verse number 13. But let me give you the setup, kind of the, the, the running start. Uh, Israel had been in captivity in, in Egypt, and they were uh, crying out, and the Lord delivered them with a mighty right arm out of Egypt. And now here they go. They're, they're, they're off. God has called them to go worship him. And they're, they're, they have left Egypt. And, and Pharaoh has a change of heart. He no longer is willing for them to go. So he is chasing after them. And God led Israel to the Red Sea. God led them to the Red Sea. And so as they're there at the Red Sea, they, they, they run into the issue of, here comes Pharaoh. He's chasing after them. Now, now, now to, the, to the left, there's a mountain. To the right, there's a mountain. To their back is the sea. And out coming after them, hot and heavy, is Pharaoh and his army. And, and they're crying out. They're, they're in a place of distress. There is no place for them to go. Ah, but I think there's some things that we can learn from Moses' words to Israel. So in verse number 13, and I'm going to be reading from the ESV. Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord that he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see shall never be seen again. 
the Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. Uh, Moses says to the people of Israel, "Stand uh, first, he says, fear not. He says, fear not, stand firm, and watch the Lord work. Fear not, stand firm, and watch the Lord work. Over and over again in the Bible, you, you read this, this phrase, take courage, fear not, do not be afraid. Why would God mention that in his word so often? Because that's our default setting. Our, our default setting is when we can get... And we, when we come up to things that we can't handle on our own, we panic. We, we are full of fear. And, and, and Moses says, fear not. Why? Why would Moses tell them not to fear? Because if God has called them to go do something, he is not going to abandon them there. Does Moses know how it's going to work? No. Now, now we, we come at it, thousands of years later, and we go, oh, well, there's no reason for them to fear. God's going to open up the Red Sea. They're in the middle of it. They don't see what's coming. For them, that is in the future. For us, we're looking back. Fear not, because God's going to show you something really cool. When we get into situations that are beyond our ability, God says, fear not. I'm going to show you something really cool. Uh, we, we, we see this in our lives all the time. We don't like those places. We don't like the places where our back is against the Red Sea. Why? Because it brings about fear, uncertainty. Fear not. God's not through with you. God has a purpose for you. You don't know what it is yet because you don't live in the future. But God sees everything from the past as, it is, as if it is happening right now. And God sees everything in the future as if it is happening right now. We're walking through it. He knows the, begin, the beginning from the end. He knows what's going to happen. He just says, <laughs> you just watch. Something really cool is going to happen. Fear not stand firm. Don't shrink back. Stand firm. What does that say to us today? We can stand firm. Stand firm in what? We need to stand firm in the promises of God. We need to stand firm in the character of God. Uh, When God has called us to do something, he is faithful to complete that. Uh, We think it's up to us to complete it. We need to just stand firm and let him do his work. Uh, We need to stand firm in that that Christ is a part of the Godhead. And the characteristics of God are all the characteristics of Christ. He is faithful. I love studying the characteristics of Christ. He is faithful even when we are faithful faithless. He remains faithful. He he is good. He is loving. He is kind. He is gracious. He is merciful. He doesn't give us what we deserve. What did Israel deserve? They deserved to be pushed out into the sea. 
but he was faithful to his promises. And it, it wasn't dependent upon them, it was dependent upon his faithfulness. Stand firm in the faithfulness of God. Stand firm in the character of God. God's not through with us yet. When he's through with us, he'll take us home. And even that is in his faithfulness. Twelve years ago, my sister passed away from stomach cancer. Everybody was saying, why would this happen to you? You've been so faithful to God. God was being faithful to my sister. You see, when she came to her time to step into eternity, God was faithful and gave her healing. May not have been how we wanted it, but he was faithful to her. He received her into his presence. And, and, and she is walking with Christ now, awaiting her physical body to be reunited, completely healed, without the tearing of this earthly tent. God was faithful even in her death. Uh, we think, well, God, I've been so faithful. You owe me. Realize your faithfulness doesn't compare to the faithfulness of God. And, and when it's your time to go, he will take you home and he will be faithful. Sometimes he will give us healing here. Fear not, stand firm, and watch God work. Uh, many of you know Natalie, who was up here doing the announcements. Some of you do not know her. Natalie came closer to death from COVID than anybody I know. And God healed her. Fear not. Stand firm and watch God work. Uh, she was beyond the doctor's help. There's nothing the doctors could have done. Her back was against the Red Sea. God says, you ready? I'm going to show you something really cool. You got you to fear not. Don't fear. Don't worry about it. I got this. Stand firm. And watch me work. And she's here this morning... Now, does she have to still go through some therapy and stuff? Yes. But the doctors never thought she'd be here this morning. Uh, the doctors never thought she would be able to talk normal again. She had a tracheotomy. She was telling me this morning, the doctor went to give her something for her tracheotomy, and he goes, you don't need this. Let's just, uh, let's just sew you up and call it good. Because the Lord is healing her. We always want healing. We always want miracles. But miracles are not necessary if we don't have our Red Sea. Your, your back has to be against the Red Sea for, the, for a miracle to happen. Otherwise, it's just called Tuesday. Uh, you see... We want God to show up, but we don't want to be in a place where we need God to show up. Right. But God loves to put us in a place where we need him to show up. 
people often ask me, how come you see so many more miracles in Africa or in South Asia? I tell them, it's because if God doesn't show up big, they're done. They're done. Uh, Some of you know the story of Nagamani. Nagamani was a, a lady... I ran into uh, by divine providence in a little village in India. She had a tumor on her face. She could not see her eye. She had a tumor on her face. Her family had left her. The majority religion had cast her aside. The only one that would feed her were the Christians. So the, the Christians took her in. And when I was there... God took me to this village on the pretenses of naming a baby. There's a little girl, she's about three years old now, whose name is Hannah, who's running around. But when I went there to name this baby, they said, would you pray for this woman? And she took a towel off of her head. And this open, oozing tumor was there before me. And I, 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 I placed my hand on her head, and her head was on fire. And I, a week later, I'm crying out, Lord, why would you show me this woman if there's nothing I can do about it? Her back was against the Red Sea. God put things together, and, and over the next month and a half, uh, things came together to where we were able to get Nagamani from her little village that doesn't even have cell phone coverage, and got her to a hospital. Found out this was the cause of a, the cause was a, a a rare jungle bacteria that was introduced into a head wound about three years earlier. Nagamani was ready to lay down and die. But God, but God showed up. God sent a fat white guy to this little village because Nagamani had her back against the Red Sea. She'd given up. Nagamani, fear not. Stand firm and watch the Lord work. Uh, we, we got her to a hospital. The hospital determined what kind of uh, bacteria it was, what kind of uh, medicine was needed. We got her on the road to, to recovery, and they, were, they sent her off saying, you take these antibiotics. We'll get this tumor down as much as we can. You come back, we'll do facial reconstructive surgery, and then you should be able to live your life. Uh, So she went back to her home. Her husband had come back into the home and was helping take care of her. We hired a a nurse to come in twice a week into that little village. And then COVID hit, and we lost track of her. You see, no one was able to go into the village. No one was able to go out of the village. She ran out of antibiotics. The nurse could no longer go in. And we were just waiting to hear what happened to Nagamani. Uh, Several months later, we got a pastor in there after they started opening back up. And he sent me pictures, and she was almost completely healed. And and she says, I want to have a service in my home where I can tell my neighbors what God has done for me. So they had a service in her home a couple months later, and... The tumor was just about all gone. There was just some scarring left. 
She never had facial reconstructive surgery because God had shown up. Uh, she needed God to show up big, and God showed up. And at that service in her home, eight people gave their lives to Christ. Fear not. Stand firm. And I'm going to do some really cool stuff. You just got to watch. That's what God calls to us. The words of Moses to Israel are, speak to us today because they're, 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 they're mentioned in other ways throughout the Bible. Fear not. Stand firm and watch God work. Because God will work when we get to where we have no ability to control the situation. We, we like to control the situation. God likes it when we are out of control. Because then we've released it to him. When we're in control, we can get the glory for it. When God shows up, we go, yeah, that was all God. I had nothing to do with that. God opened the Red Sea and they, they walked through. But I like verse 14. I'm going to put it in today's vernacular. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. And it says in my version, and you have only to be silent. Let, let me put this into my paraphrase. The Lord will work for you. Just shut up. That's what he's saying. He's saying shut up because before this, they're saying our back's against the Red Sea. We got mountains on both sides. Pharaoh's there. Hey, Moses, were there not enough graves in Egypt where you could have buried us there? Shut up. Shut up. Stand firm. Fear not. And watch God work. When we're, when the reason God wants us to shut up is because when we're panicking like that, we're normally not giving God praise and glory. We're not often speaking of the glorious works of Christ when we're panicked. Our, out of our fear, we're just saying, why couldn't God take me a different way? This is not the way I wanted to die. This is not the, the problem I wanted. God, why do you not love me? If you loved me, you would do this or you would do it my way. Shut up. Fear not. Stand firm and watch God work. That's our call today. As we come up against our Red Sea, we go, I don't like the Red Sea. God loves the Red Sea in our lives. Because we no longer have control. And, and, and we, 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 we have to rely upon him. The, the disciples did this. They were in the boat. Jesus said, hey, let's go to the other side. And they get in the boat, and there's waves. And they're, they're, uh, Jesus is asleep. And the disciples say, don't you care? Je Jesus, we're perishing. Don't you care? Well, Jesus had already told him what he wanted to do. He didn't say, let's go get out in the middle and maybe we'll die there. He said, let's go to the other side. And Jesus had called them to do something. They were walking through it and they panicked because they were no longer in control. 
Basically, Jesus is saying the same thing. Shut up. Fear not. Stand firm. And watch God work. They would have never seen the glory of God as Jesus calmed the seas had he not put them in that rough situation. I'll be honest with you. They call them rough situations because they're rough situations. Uh, we've all had them. We, we, we've had those times. Now, maybe not as intensely as Natalie's had them. But God will put us in places where we can do nothing about it. Fear not. Shut up. Stand firm and watch God work. Because he's going to do something that will blow your mind. I don't go to South Asia to go do healing ministry. It's not my thing. I go train village pastors. But God put me in a place where this lady needed someone. She needed someone who had the connections to make a bunch of phone calls, to make something happen on her behalf because her back was against the Red Sea. So I'm going to be going, and by God's grace, I'll be visiting her in September. Um, I want to go ahead and, and show some my slides. Oh, go that first one. That's my lovely wife. Uh, she's the one on your left. I'm glad I didn't wear the same shirt. It's my wife, Denise. Uh, she works at Target. Somebody has to support my ministry habit. And uh, we've been married for 41 years. And this year will be 42. And people say, how come you've been, how, what is the secret to being married so long? I stay gone all the time. I, I, she can't argue with me when I'm gone. And, you know, if we do have an argument on the phone while I'm in another country, I just go, you're breaking up. So, uh, God has blessed me with a wife who allows me to do what God's called me to do. And so she is perfect for uh, my marriage, my ministry. I am with Global Training Network, and uh, we are, oh, about 150 guys, uh, men and women who go around the world training pastors. Um, a lot of them are, are old guys like me. In Nepal, we do a lot of work in Nepal. Nepal, they said, hey, we've got two provinces that uh, uh, you want to put your young guys on there who can really go hike, you know, three or four days back into the mountains. And we said, have you seen our staff? Um, how about if we train you guys and you guys go hiking three or four days up in the mountains and you train those guys because we will be having heart attacks if we do that. So... Uh, I've been with Global Training Network for about seven years now, and next. And I'm partnering with a ministry called IMD International. IMD International is focused on uh, building up the uh, inner man, uh, focusing on people's relationship with Christ. So we work with pastors. We want them to be spiritually healthy and have an intimate walk with Christ, and then they can uh, then take that out and develop intimate uh, 
spirit-filled, Christ-centered ministries, um, and we let them do the teaching to their people, we'd go train them. So this was in uh, Liberia a year ago, and the man in the, in the red, uh, the white guy there, um, his name is Phil Largent. He started the ministry back in about 1980, no, 95 or so. He's getting ready to retire, so I've been doing more and more with uh, IMD International. Uh, it allows me to do what God's called me to do, which is teach, and allows them to do what God has called them to do, which is do all the hard work of administration stuff, and then I get to go do the fun stuff, and they have to do the hard work. So uh, I get to go teach. I've been to Liberia um, twice now. I was in Liberia about a, about a month and a half ago. Uh, I'll be going to Liberia in October again. So next. So this is John, one of the pastors, um, and Arthur sitting behind him there. Uh, there's four men. Go ahead, go to the next. Um, hey, see, I actually do go on these things. Pictures of me. I, I normally take photos. I'm not normally in photos because when I hand my camera to someone else, uh, you get the blurry photos of, of Brian teaching. So uh, I don't have a lot of photos of me teaching, but proof that I was actually there. Uh, go to the next. And so these are uh, some of the pastors and leaders we've been working with in Ganta, uh, Liberia. Go ahead and go to the next. And these are the leaders. The, I love this ministry. They, they work across denomination. You don't see that a lot in foreign ministries. You don't see that a lot here in America. But these guys, they, they don't care whose ministry is benefiting. They just want the pastors to be trained up and to be solid in their, their walk with Christ and in their theological training. So these are the, the leaders of the group. Go ahead. From there, uh, I went to Uganda. Uh, I've been to India 18 times. And COVID hit. I've not been able to be back. Uh, December will be three years, but I'll be going before then. Talk about that in a minute. But um, So it's been almost three years since I've been back. But God did open up Africa. And so I went to Uganda. Go, go to the next. And teaching pastors... And uh, these are all village pastors. Go ahead. In, in one area. And whenever they get up and start dancing, um, I have to tell them, I'm dancing on the inside, <laughs> but my body didn't do that yet. But in heaven, when we are in, in a great multitude, and the Africans get up to lead worship, and they're all dancing... You're going to see me dancing there. You go, hey, isn't that, isn't that Brian over there dancing with all the Africans? Yes, I am. It doesn't happen yet. I, I, I got this down, though. I got my foot. That, that's, that's it. That's all, that's all I got right there. That's, that's my moves. So uh, these are uh, some village pastors I've been working with. Go ahead and go to the next. Okay. Missionary fail. Confession. I, I told these pastors after we finished a big lunch, I said, now, it's warm out. We, we have full tummies. Um, if I see you nodding off, 
I'm going to ask you to come up and do an illustration with me. And as I was teaching, I look back and I see this man. He had his eyes closed. And I said, hey, somebody tap him on the shoulder and have him come up. I want him to come do an illustration with me. So somebody tapped him on the shoulder and then they said, um, he'll be up after he gets his guide with him. He's blind and... That's missionary fail right there. I never call on anybody if they have their eyes closed. I just pray that God will have them rest in peace. This, this man has about 95% of the Bible memorized. That's how he teaches his church, is from the memorized Word of God. Go ahead and go to the next. And here's some of the dancing uh, out in, in a, just in a village church. Go ahead. I just like that picture, so I threw it in there. Go ahead. And just as we travel through some of the villages, we just minister and encourage the people in the village churches. Go ahead. Even churches that meet under a mango tree. I love churches that meet under a mango tree. You know, I get many guys who say, hey, I, I need money. You need to send me money. I said, why? He says, so I can, I can build a building and, and so where my church can meet. I said, how about if you meet under a mango tree? How cool is that? But when necessary, you meet under a mango tree. Go ahead. This is your typical East African village. One of my missionary heroes is a guy named David Livingston. And David Livingston was, went to a, a, a church service, and the man who was preaching was a missionary to Africa, and he said, I'm haunted by the smoke of a thousand villages that have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. David Livingston ended up giving his, his life for missions and ended up marrying that, past, that missionary's daughter, and he went and was one of the greatest missionaries in, in Africa, although he didn't win a lot of people. Uh, he mapped a lot of Africa. He was heavily involved in in, uh, in, in breaking the slave trade in, in Africa. But that just reminds me of the smoke of a thousand villages. Go ahead. These are some of the village churches. Uh, my friend Brad, uh, I let him do all the administrative work and he, he also does some of the teaching and we go to Uganda. Go ahead. And these are the roads we end up driving on. Some are better, some are worse, but... Uh, it's not uncommon for us to be on roads like this. Go ahead. And this was in a, uh, a city called Tororo and working with village pastors in that area. It's on the, the uh, eastern side of Uganda, uh, right up near Kenya. Go ahead. And keep going. So we work with um, Pastor Arthur. Uh, that, so that's Arthur, his daughter, Abby, his wife, Esther, and Brad. Um, and Brad is the president of the American side of the Ugandan ministry, and uh, Arthur is the founder. Go ahead. And so here we were praying over a plot of land uh, that was given to their ministry to build up a pastoral training center. So they're, they're working. Uh, part of Brad's job is working uh, to raise funds here in America to build the 
pastoral training center where we can have a, a, a center to train village pastors there in Uganda. Go ahead. And I just love that picture. So uh, go ahead. We were down by the, what they call the source of the Nile. And as we were walking along, I looked up and this was over my head. And so these, the, some of the bigger spiders there are, oh, yeah, about, about that size. So uh, big spiders, big spiders. Go ahead. Yeah, that's one of them there with a small one. Go ahead. This is your Walmart fruit set stand. Um, this is just a village uh, fruit stand, fruit and vegetable stand. Uh, pineapples, mangoes, and bananas are incredible. Uh, you eat those there, and you come back here, and you go, this is trash. Um, so uh, it's a blessing going on. So uh, this was teaching in, in um, Sierra Leone, and training pastors at a Bible school. There, go, go ahead. I was teaching on the Lord's Prayer. Go ahead. And keep going. This is one of the students at the Bible College who is, um, she's a policewoman by day, and then in the afternoon she would come in with her policewoman uniform on, and she would change clothes and sit in the class and, and uh, learning the Word of God. Go ahead. This is the guy that I was teaching with. His name is Michael. Go ahead. And here we're giving them an exam. Most of them were pretty faithful. Some were not so much. Go ahead. So it's Grace Bible Institute of Sierra Leone. Keep going. And I also like photography. So uh, Michael loves photography. So I got a picture of him taking a picture of kids. Uh, so... Keep going. And go ahead. So we taught for one week in one class, then we taught for another week at the new semester. So there's another class coming in. Go ahead. Again, we're giving them tests. And keep, no, keep going. Keep going. And these are just some of the people and faces of Africa. This is a blind man. I didn't call him out on anything, but he would sing. <laughs> so I learned my lesson. You don't call out blind men for having their eyes closed. Uh, go ahead. Go to the next one. And this is a man named Brian. So we're twinning uh, names. And uh, uh, we both had similar color shirts on. Go ahead. And we went to Tanzania after that. And I went. So again, some of my favorite photos from Tanzania. Go ahead. That's okay. Uh, these zebras all lined up nicely for me. They, they, are, they are actually alive. They are, they're not zebra mannequins that were left there. Uh, they just happened to all line up like that for me. Go ahead. And God saved the lions for the last hour we were there. Go ahead. And then we taught at a Bible school for two weeks in Tanzania. Go ahead. And this was some of them showing off their the guns, the big guns. There. Go ahead. Oh. One guy had this Bible. 
His Bible was falling apart, so he, he stitched a cardboard box onto it. Um, I asked him if he'd be willing to sell me his Bible. And he told me, yes. I said, how much does a new Bible cost? So he told me how much it would cost, and I, so I gave him double what that would be. And so go ahead and go to the next one. Not going to do it? So anyway, so there he is with his new Bible, and he was so excited. Uh, but I have that other Bible at home with me uh, with the cardboard stitched on cover. Uh, you open it up, and there's all kinds of underlining and notes, and it's, it's all in Kiswahili, so I, don't, I couldn't read it to you. But uh, it's, 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 it's a treasure for me. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, I've also been going to Egypt as part of uh, training pastors and, and, um, and young people. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Uh, so this is uh, Cairo, Egypt. Go ahead and go to the next. So we're, we're training pastors from Cairo. Go ahead. And go ahead. And keep going. Ah. This is called Cathedral of the Martyrs. Uh, back in 2015, uh, there was a group of Christians um, <clears throat> who were beheaded for Christ. Um, ISIS lined them up on a beach, took knives, and sawed on their necks until their heads came off and their bodies fell to the ground. Uh, Thirteen of them were from this city of Minya, Egypt. And so the, the Muslim government in Egypt built this cathedral, uh, it's called Cathedral of the Martyrs, to commemorate the lives of these 13 martyrs from Menya. Go ahead. This group, ah, some of my favorites. Uh, they call themselves the Ezra Generation. Their local leaders there have them do something that I never would think would work with 20-somethings. Uh, before they came to our training, they had to complete what they had been doing for the last two years, which was they had to read through the entire Bible. Okay, that's not a big deal. You can do that. They had to read the entire Bible out loud to the group. Okay, now we're... And they had to handwrite their own copy of the entire Bible. They had to have that all completed before they could come to our training. And we had about 30, 20-somethings at our training. Uh, it was so cool because I would ask them to read a scripture and generally they would have it memorized and they would, once one person started, they would all join in and just quote it together. Otherwise, they would find it in a matter of seconds and, and open their Bible up and just start reading it. Uh, it was fantastic for a teacher. I was loving this. Uh, but they have, they have great head knowledge of the word of God now. Now we're working that into a heart knowledge. Go ahead. So these are just some of the young people. Uh, the little one uh, there uh, has not done any, any uh, scripture reading yet. So um, go ahead and go to the next. I just love this guy's eyes. So uh, keep going. So this was the group from Menya, the, the Ezra generation. Uh, I'll be going back to uh, Egypt in, in uh, November. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to work with this group. We're going to have several people going, so it's iffy as, as to whether I'll be able to work with the Ezra generation. Go ahead. 
But when in Egypt, you've got to take the obligatory uh, pyramid in the background photo. So go ahead. And this is a guy that the government assigned to work, uh, to, to uh, travel around with us through the entire day. If you'll notice, he has something sticking out from his coat. That is not a camera. That is a machine gun. And I asked him, I said, are you here to protect us from the people or the people from us? He said, I'm here to protect the people from you. He's kidding, I think. Um, but he, the government had him traveling around with us to uh, keep us safe and to keep us from doing anything we shouldn't be doing. So go ahead and go to the next. So this is back in Uganda. Uh, I'm going to be going back and working with this group. Uh, it's called the Bashoga region. Um, the pastor is translating my biblical interpretation notes so they can have it in their, their local language. We worked with them for, for about a week on giving them tools to help them interpret the Bible. At the end of it, we said, okay, we're going to let you use these tools. So here's, we're going to assign you a, a passage of Scripture. Here's what we want. We want you to give us your observations, your interpretation, and your application. I said, we don't want you to preach. We want observation, interpretation, application. And then we assign them verses. The group that we assigned John 3.16 to uh, were really excited. Everybody else was saying, oh, we wish we had that one. Uh, but this group, uh, I said, now, when you read it, you've got to read before and after to get the context for this passage of Scripture. So when this group, when their representative got up, he started preaching on John 3.16. And I said, wait, 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 wait. We want observation, interpretation, application. He goes, okay. So then he went back to preaching on John 3.16. And I said, okay, let me just ask you a few observation questions. I said, who is speaking? He said, John. I said, no, no, John's recording it. Uh, who, who's speaking in, in, in this situation? Um, Jesus? Yeah, good call. Jesus. Who's Jesus speaking to? Um, John. No, 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 no. Jesus is not speaking to John. John's recording it. Who's Jesus speaking to? The disciples. Okay, no, no, not the disciples. Who is Jesus speaking to? He says, me. I said, you're not old enough. <laughs> he said, what? I said, this happened about 2,000 years ago. And you're what, about 35? You're not old enough for Jesus to have been speaking to you. We're going back to Uganda. We're going to work with this group. And we're going to teach them just physically how to do observation. Look at the passage. Read it in context. What does it say? Who is speaking? Who is he speaking to? What is being said? Things that we kind of take for granted. We're going to teach these village pastors how to do just even the basics. Because they just read a passage and then give it whatever context they want and give it whatever meaning they want and then preach from it because they've heard somebody else preach from it. And we're going to teach them how to study the Bible for themselves. So this is why I love doing what we do. Go to the, go to the next one. Keep going. Uh, we went 
last uh, this past January we had a a meeting. Uh, I was teaching pastors on marriage, and uh, uh, we had about 400 women uh, coming to a women's conference. We had about another uh, 400 young people coming to a youth conference, and we saw just God really working through all this. Go ahead, go to the next. And in that, they were teaching the women how to make soap so they could make something that would produce produce uh, uh, some financial stability for their families and how I, have it, learning how to sew. Go ahead and go on. And again, just more pictures of faces I love. Go ahead. I love old faces. So if I ask if I can take a photo of you, it's probably because you're old and I love the wrinkles in your face. Go ahead. Keep going. Even young faces. So if I ask, you just consider yourself one of the young ones. Go ahead. Go on. So they're making soap there. Keep going. Then we sent a group, not me, we sent a group up Mount Elgon. Mount Elgon is right on the border of, of Uganda and Kenya. And we sent a group up to minister to the Meshobashek people. And when we went back to Uganda in March, there was a man from the Meshobashek tribe who now is going back to plant a church among his people. Uh, this is an unreached people group. Go ahead, go on. So these are some of the Mesobashek people. The Mesobashek were, were, were a jungle tribe. They were hunter-gatherers. And the government said, no, we want this land for a national park. You're now part of this other tribe over here. Um, you're, rec- you're, you're not even recognized as a people group anymore. You're part of this group. Uh, yeah, we're not even going to... We won't have any schools that will speak your language. You've got to learn this other language. You've got to learn this other tribe. Uh, and they are far- a farming tribe. So this is a, a displaced uh, people group. Go ahead. This guy's name is Joseph. Joseph was on the team that came to work with the young people in Uganda. He is from Kenya. Joseph was raised in a Muslim uh, orphanage. His mother abandoned him. He only knows information about her. He doesn't remember her at all. She abandoned him as a, as a young child. But all he knows is she was from Somalia. He was walking by a church one day, and he heard the preaching, and he, he was drawn to Jesus. And so he tried to go into the church, but because he looks like he's from Somalia, they would not allow him to enter the church. Now, before you get all upset and say, oh, that's terrible, realize that it, they have to be careful because sometimes Muslims will come in and blow themselves up in the church. So they're looking out for their people, but God was faithful. He would go sit outside of churches and listen, not being allowed inside. And then God put a man in his life who shared the gospel with him and then mentored him. And now he's working with youth, uh, telling people about Jesus, the acceptance and forgiveness. He was rejected because he looks like he's Somali. And now he's accepted in Christ. Go ahead. So these were the guys working with the youth. Uh, One guy was from America. I'll let you guess who that is. Uh, Go ahead. 
And then again, we went on a little small safari. Again, go ahead. Saw some crocodiles. Some out. This is called the crested crane, uh, national bird of Uganda. One of my favorites. Um, I look at this bird and I think of the song, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, and gray and tan, brown. It just speaks of God's love for every color of people in the world. Go ahead. Again, this is uh, working in Uganda. Keep going. Again. Yeah, I think this, this was the guy who was actually uh, preaching on John 3.16 when he should have been giving me observations. Go ahead. Uh, then we taught a seminary class. Uh, we taught through the uh, foundation for eschatology the first week, and the second week we taught through the entire book of Revelation. Go ahead. And that was this group here, and that's in Uganda, in Kampala. Go ahead. And then we just had a little time of celebration afterwards. This is David. Be praying for David. His name is David Bundy. Sounds like Monday. Jesus knows. If you call him David Monday, he's the one who's gone back up to plant a church among his people up on Mount Elgon. I said, once you build your church, if at all possible, I will come and hike up the mountain Ugh. and to be at the dedication. So be praying that I would actually start hiking. Uh, but David is a great guy. Go ahead. And this is just some of the people I work with in in Egypt, and as I'm teaching, this guy had just tears filling his eyes, and he came to me afterwards. Go ahead. There's some more people in, in Egypt. And then we, we did a, a conference with the staff of the ministry we work with in Egypt. Go ahead. And believe it or not, it was just freezing cold, so I had to find a store that actually had fat guy clothes uh, so I could buy a jacket. Go ahead. And then recently, I was in Liberia uh, teaching. Go ahead. So this is the group in Liberia. Next. And then I went to Kenya and Rwanda. This was in Kenya. Oh, I'm sorry. This was in uh, Rwanda. Keep going. The group in Rwanda. Go next. It's another location in Rwanda. And then we went to Nairobi and we we're teaching a small group there. Go ahead. And I just threw that in because I, again, I love faces, I love eyes. And this is, I went to an Indian church in Nairobi, Kenya. So I pastor a small fellowship of Asian Indian believers here in Phoenix. And so I was right at home. And so uh, I just loved her eyes. Her name is uh, Rachel. And this was a group of about 70 uh, church planters. The, these 70 church planters are responsible for planting about 14,000 14, churches, I think, between the churches they've physically planted and then the guys that they've trained up to send out and plant. Uh, this is called the Timothy Initiative, and they're just they're tearing it up. And in, uh, in, this is all East African 
They're from six different countries in East Africa. Go ahead. Ah, I'm going back to India. Uh, I just got approved for my, my five-year visa, and so I'm going to be going back to India in September. Uh, I'm going to be training people, pastors in three different locations, and I'll be going to try and get uh, together with Nagamani. I'll take a week out of that month that I'm there, and I'll, I'll be going to Nepal for a week and come back to India for a week. But um, be praying for me. I'm so excited about finally returning to India. Go ahead. And that's it. That's it. Seriously, be praying for us. Um, I, the, my next trip, I leave August 10th. I'll be in Uganda for three weeks, and I'll fly directly to India. I'll be in India uh, and Nepal for the next month. So I'm leaving August 10th. I'm home. I get home August 3rd. And about a week and a half after that, I go back to Liberia, come back for a couple weeks, go to Egypt, come back for a couple weeks, go to Nepal for two weeks, come back the 18th of December. So I'll be home for Christmas, and then that's all I'm doing this year. So um, other than that, I'm not doing a whole lot. Um, Be praying for us. Uh, Is it easy? No. Um, but if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Um, but it is, I'm having the time of my life. Um, when I went with TJ in uh, 2014, and God told me, this is what I want you to do with the rest of your life. Uh, I'm having the time of my life now. And I'm enjoying it. Uh, I love doing what I do. Um, but I do have to rely on God's grace. I do have to rely on God's provision. Uh, I do have to rely uh, at times where my back is against the Red Sea and I have to shut up. Fear not. Stand firm and watch God work. Let me pray for you. Lord, I want to thank you for Resurrection Church. I want to thank you for each one that are here today. Lord, our default position is to run away from the hard times, uh, is, is to not shut up. Our default position is to be afraid. Our, our, our default position is, is not to stand firm. But Lord, you want us to watch you work. So Lord, would you give us the words of Moses when we come up to those times knowing that you have not forgot about us and it didn't take you by surprise and you're just wanting us to rest in you. So Lord, give us that rest. Give us that confidence of knowing you've gone before us before and you will go before us again even if it's not how we figured it would go. But Lord, we know it's, it's within your control and it's for our good and for your glory. Lord, would you, would you give us a glimpse of your glory as we go forward? In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Thank you, Pastor. And uh, I think it would be remiss if we didn't uh, say the ironic blessing. So if you could all stand up. And um, I do not have it memorized like Pastor John does. Uh, the Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Thanks, everyone. God bless. Can we all give a round of applause for Brian Gandy and for the wonderful ministry? Thank you. God bless everyone.